Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, I'll be discussing combine setup and how to stop the spread of grass weed seeds during the harvest with Dermot Forrestal and Chagas. I first asked Dermot what's involved in setting up a combine. Well, I suppose, Michael, in terms of setting up the combine, you kind of have three aims. I suppose you're trying to get a good throughput. You're trying to minimize losses, maybe below 1% or so, but you're also trying to maintain good grain quality. And that can be a challenge in certain seasons where you get skinning and so on, particularly for people feeding into a malting market or something like that. So that's really the, the aim that's there. In terms of actually doing it and setting it up, it differs from machine to machine. While all combines have, you know, the basic principles in terms of trashing, separation and cleaning, uh, they do it in different ways. So you can't really give standard guidelines across all sorts of machines. But it is about setting up all of those components properly, the trashing, the separation and the cleaning areas to try and maximize uh, throughput, uh, reduce losses and have good grain quality. Uh, so you're talking about looking at the different components. You're talking about maybe starting with, say, something like the drum, uh, the cylinder itself in terms of drum speed. You're talking about setting uh, the concave uh, clearance between that. You're talking about going right through the machine in that way. And I suppose the best place to start is with the instruction manual for the individual machine, because as I say, each machine differs. Um, a certain combine or drum speed on one combine is not comparable to another because the drum diameters might be different. So you're starting, I think, with quality in mind and throughput first. In other words, you start with a relatively slow drum speed, if you like, for any given crop within the range that the the guidelines will be there, a pretty wide open uh, concave, and you see whether you're getting sufficient uh, trashing capacity at that because that will reduce uh, you know, damaging, reduce the risk of damage in the grain and also uh, give you maximum throughput, but your losses might be high because your separation might not be good. So if you start that way and then change one thing at a time and check the result in terms of losses and in terms of grain quality, I think that's the general approach. Okay. And, and uh, Dermot, you mentioned uh, skinning of grain and malt and barley there, which can obviously be a problem in some years, maybe not for the last couple of years, but what are the major, is, is there, you mentioned drum speed and various um, other things there. Are, are those involved in, in, in skinning grains? And is there something specific that guys should definitely be looking at to try and minimize that? Yeah, well, I think, as you know, Michael, skinning is very season dependent, you know, in terms of uh, grain can be much more prone in certain seasons than others. And we have certain years that you have huge problems. It's more or less skinned before it even comes out of the head. But yes, the combine setting is important. So you're, what you're trying to do is trash as gently as possible. So again, you're starting with, you know, a wide, well, first of all, that the crop is fairly ripe, that you're not trying to de-on the crop by, by having very aggressive settings so that the on will come off quite carefully. Then you're talking about having a relatively slow drum speed and a relatively wide uh, concave opening and to try and trash it in that way. The other thing to be careful too is people often think uh, or forget about if those threshing components are quite worn, often operators try and compensate for that by having a faster drum speed or a tighter concave clearance. So that can be a disadvantage at times. So yes, you start with a very gentle trashing. Um, and, and then if your losses are too high, you may have to speed up, the, or if you're not separating the grain, you may have to speed up the drum a bit and tighten down the concave. But each time you do that, you're increasing the risk, I suppose, of grain damage. But remember too, the grain damage doesn't just occur in those elements as well. 
you, you know you want to you want to think too of your things like worn elevators even worn grain delivery augers and that they can all damage the grain so you know a check of those in advance of harvest is absolutely uh, is, is, is a good idea as well and finally sometimes people slow down too much uh, Michael in other words um, if, if you really really slow down in the crop and don't have enough material going through the the, the threshing unit um, there's less cushioning of the grain there and you can actually get more damage in that situation rather than less so that can be counterintuitive sometimes okay so just going on to combines and there's obviously some very high capacity machines out there that need to travel from field to field and i, I suppose quite a bit of them are, are involved in contracting and they go from farmers um you know uh, different farmers to different farmers that brings with it some risk factors maybe you might outline some of those for us yeah, I think the big risk factor is, uh, you know, when moving from field to field or block of land to block of land, even within what your uh, farmer would have themselves, but particularly for contractors, it brings the risk of spreading grass weeds. And as you know, Michael, you're leading a project yourself in this area. We're very concerned about grass weeds on, on Irish tillage farms. Uh, difficult to control weeds, ones like sterile brome, uh, canary grass, wild oats, which is becoming more resistant to herbicide. But the real concern that's out there, I suppose, is the introduction of black grass onto farms because black grass can effectively put you out of production. So, you know, there's there's a whole range, I suppose, or suite of measures you can have to try and, you know, avoid these problems on your farms. But one of the key ones, and particularly with the likes of black grass, is to stop the introduction. And machine hygiene at harvest is hugely important in that area. And obviously, we're, are, are, are we just talking about combines or are there other machines involved in this as well? No, I think you're talking about every machine that could be, you know, transferring from one harvest field to another. So the combine is the obvious one. A big one in this too has to be balers, though, because again, they're a source of transmission. Even if people have to rake straw or so on, a rake, you know, will carry pieces of straw on it. Uh, and can, again, can bring seed from field to field. Trailers delivering grain or bales of straw are sources. And the tractors and loaders themselves, of course, that are working those trailers, balers, and so on, they're often full of chaff beneath the cab, over the fuel tank, areas like that, and could be carrying grass weed seeds. Grass seed uh, is very small, or the, the weeds from those seed are very small. Um, and they can get all the way through machines in the middle of them, uh, and, and as well as on the outside of them. Given that it's very busy during harvest, is it really possible or is it really uh, feasible that guys are going to do a big clean down on machines? Yeah, look, it's a big ask, Michael, and uh, you, but it's something that I think has to be done and has to be brought in as a standard uh, from this point because the consequences of something, particularly like black grass, uh, of introducing that, as I say, it can put you out of production. So there's really no choice here and we just have to get our act together. Uh, the cleaning process itself depends really, I suppose, on what you think the risk is. Um, if it's not black grass, if we're talking about trying to spread, the, uh, to stop the spread of other grasses like sterile brome and so on, it's not going to take a huge amount of time. Okay, and we can go through that process in a second. But if it is uh, something like black grass that you're worried about, in other words, that a farmer has black grass uh, and uh, or has a certain amount, but it's at a low level and is still going to combine it, well, then it's a very thorough clean that the combine is necessary after that, because you're really talking about what a, a seed breeder would do from going from plot to plot. So nearly a certain amount of dismantling, even putting out sieves in that case. But for the most case, before we get to that point, it's a lot less than that. You're talking about maybe 20 minutes half an hour uh, from moving from farm to farm given to a cleaning operation. 
And for the likes of a combine, is there is there uh, critical areas that guys need to look at when when cleaning down a combine? Yeah, I think there is. I think, you know, very quickly, and we have a video and we have other materials on this that you can look up and there's a lot of stuff online from other people as well. But very quickly, what you're doing is you're going through the combine front to back before you even start, you know, uh, run the trasher, uh, you know, while you're emptying that last grain, uh, that last load of grain out, 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 out of a particular field. Then when the machine has stopped, you're talking about literally getting a brush or indeed a leaf blower which is quite useful to blow off all the chaff off the header in particular at the start and the neck or elevator section because that can fall back into the machine again and contaminate again so you start by doing by doing that then in an area preferably in a grass field or a known area of the field that you're coming out in if you like you go through uh, a complete uh, cleaning of the machine so after removing the external chaff you run all the machine again some of the modern machines have a cleaning program where you just press a button and that increases fan speed and so on. If not, just increase the fan speed manually, open the sieves up uh, and things like that. And after running everything through, you stop the machine again, open every um, kind of access point that's going to give you access for cleaning. So the bottom of elevators, the bottom of the transverse augers at the bottom of the machines, open those up. The bottom of the grain delivery um, auger, there's usually access points in all of those. Open those, all those up. If you have a blower, blow in some air through them. Um, if not, you're going to then run the machine. Now keep bystanders away at this point with all of those openings open and let as much of the dust and material come, come, come out of that. Uh, the stone trap as well. Don't forget the stone trap on the front. Even the grain tank itself, if there's chaff in there. Even the straw walkers, uh, if you're seeing buildup of, of awns and chaff, that has to be cleaned off before going from farm to farm. The sieves themselves should be clean. So this is the, this is the process that's involved. When that's all done and you move to the, new, to the next site, you travel on the road, you go through access fields or whatever, you will have loosened material again. So it's a very good idea to actually run that machine again on the grass field before you go into the first field that you cut, or if you're straight into that first field, to run it again before moving forward so that anything that comes out is in the gateway and not any further into the field. Even beyond that, Michael, when you start you know, on a new farm, ideally start in, a, the farmer should record where that combine started preferably in a small field, and actually watch then in the next season um, the path of the initial uh, path of the combine, if you like, to check for grass weeds. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty lengthy process, and I suppose you do need to spend a bit of time at it. In terms of balers, um, uh, Dermot, obviously balers are big, large square balers are obviously the, the trickier ones because round, round might be that little bit easier to clean down. But uh, you're go, going to bring a bale from farm to farm, are you not? And is that not going to be very contaminated? No, I think you have to avoid bringing that bale from farm to farm. And I think most of the modern big balers have an ejection uh, setting on them, which allows you to eject the bale fairly easily now. But you're correct. Like the baler requires a bale in the chamber to make the next bale in the normal situation. But I think we have to go beyond that. So we have to eject the bale, get all straw out of that baler and start again on the new farm. Even if it isn't a modern one with a push button one, you can set the machine to produce small short bales so that you can drag those out of the machine. But again, if we're trying to avoid this problem, we have to make sure we're not carrying any straw uh, from farm to farm. And, you know, that involves no bale in the, in the chamber and certainly in round balers, no straw in the chamber. And again, the cleaning routine, 
it doesn't have to take a long time, but you should have brushes again to brush off the chaff and maybe even a leaf blower again to do the same as I described with the combine to the baler and to the tractor that's hauling that baler around as well. And what if, you, if a guy turns up to a field and he sees it's actually a very contaminated field of weeds? What should he do in those circumstances? Well, ideally, the farmer should have told him if it's a, con- a contractor farmer situation. OK, I think if it's the likes of sterile brome or those, well, then what you're talking about doing is, well, for that farmer, actually try and avoid dragging it around the field. So if I saw sterile brome in a headland, I'd make sure that all of the headland uh, runs catch that on the way rather than going into an up and down field run across a part of the headland, if you know what I mean, Michael, and pulling it around the place. But uh, other than that, I think what you're looking at is a, a thorough clean, like I described after that. If there's any suspicion of black grass, though, it's a completely different story. The contractor has to think, you know, is he happy to cut this field at all? And I think, to be honest, it should be the, if he is being asked to cut that field and they think there's black grass in it, it literally has to be the last field of the harvest. Uh, with nobody after it uh, because you're going to require a complete clean out uh, after that and even after that I'd like to run that combine on that same farmer's fields rather than somebody else's so that, that's his clean fields rather than somebody else's when you're going to somebody else's so there's big questions here if there is a black grass situation I think if a farmer knows he's black grass um, you know he's in a very tricky situation working with a contractor and asking a contractor to cut um, a field with black grass in it and like you said, that is an awkward situation for a contractor. Uh, is it probably best that they, the, the contractor goes to some of these farms or if he gets a, a, um, an inkling, there might be something uh, a, a little bit more uh, sinister, I suppose, in those fields. Uh, you know, what's the best way that he should handle that maybe in the run up to harvest rather than driving in and finding it on the day? Yeah, it's a difficult one, Michael. I think the obligation should be on the farmer to know what's in the fields. Um, like it's, it's, it's an awful onus if we are saying to the contractor that, uh, that he has to try and check for black grass, you know. So it's the farmer the onus should be on. And if a farmer asks the contractor to, 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 um, to harvest a, a contaminated field, and as a consequence of that, the contractor um, contaminates somebody else's field, I think the onus is on that first farmer if he hasn't told the contractor about that situation and hasn't taken other measures to avoid that happening. So the measures may be, of course, in, in, in where it's well known to avoid that harvest completely. In other words, to have either dis, uh, you know crop destruction in, in a severe part or maybe whole cropping before seed set or something like that. That's what the farmer should have done. But, uh, but if, they are, if there is a situation where there's a tiny suspicion or a suspicion of or there's a small amount of black grass there and he really wants to harvest the field, well, then he, is, he should be the very last um, uh, field on the on the contractor's list and accept that that contractor is going to have to go through a day's cleaning of the combine after that at least to avoid bringing that somewhere else tricky situation it's very tricky all right just in terms of when when the grain is harvested it's it's loaded up onto um onto the grain trailer or the, the straw from the field that might be contaminated is baled how worried would you be around um spreading seed from that during transport yeah, look, it's possible. Um, I think any of the seeds can 
you know, yeah, I think the machines themselves, the ones we've talked about, are the bigger risk. But yes, uh, you know, off of a grain trailer, off from straw in transport, anything is possible. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think in the case of sterile brome, wild oats and that, I think it's probably not that significant because there's a certain degree of those all around the country anyhow. So there's many sources. And with good management, we should be able to, you know, avoid them becoming a problem. But in the case of the really troublesome one like blackgrass, um, you know, transmission through th those methods, you know, it's not the big one like through a bale or, or a combine, but it's still possible. Okay. Dermot, I want to ask just one final question, and uh, maybe it might be too long to answer all in this, but do you have a number of, uh, I, I suppose, key steps that a farmer should take, um, you know, who has grass weeds or he has identified grass weeds over the harvest? Post-harvest, what should he do? What's the steps that should be in there? Yeah, look, it's it's uh, to go through quickly, I suppose, because it is a bit weed dependent on that. There's a, there's a number of steps there. I mean, I suppose, first of all, you could think of stale seedbed technique, you know, which for something like sterile brome and something like that, that can give you good control. So that's where you go in immediately after harvest, cultivate it and try and get the, the brome or whatever the grass weed is to actually grow and to either spray it off or cultivate again after it germinates and grows. In, in a bad sterile brome situation, you can do that maybe a number of times before resowing the crop and it can give you a good reduction. In, in, in the weed burden that's there. So that's one option. Things like delaying the sowing of winter cereals will also, you know, reduce the, the, the pressure in terms of grass weeds because early sowing, and this is what we see with both plough and mintail systems, but particularly mintail systems where, you know, they're inclined to sow earlier, gives grass weeds a great advantage. So again, that's an option there. But I suppose before that, you should look at, you know, your rotation. Uh, maybe spring cropping gives you better opportunities to limit uh, the, the, the grass weed chances there going into break crops, oilseed rape uh, or whatever, gives you a different, you know, options in terms of herbicide control, where we could use graminicides, for instance, to control those. So I suppose all the time, what you're trying to do is, is bring in a lot of cultural control methods so that you're not relying on just herbicide options, uh, well, for cost reasons, for, for one, but also reducing the pressure in terms of the buildup of resistance to uh, herbicides. So you're bringing in a lot of, of, of cultural options to try and do that. Okay, so there's loads of, loads of tools um, and it's really an integrated approach between cultural and and some of the chemical controls are out there. Um, Dermot, thanks very much. That's all we have time for. Um, and look, we might come back to this again over the harvest. Okay, thank you, Michael. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week. And my thanks to Dermot for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.